you're tuned in to Shake, Rattle, and Goal, the official podcast of your Springfield Thunderbirds. Osmanski, a one-timer deflected side of the goal, Alexandrov scores! Hosted by Matt Baker and Steve Forney, a show that's everything Springfield hockey, with interviews including players, coaches, and staff. The Springfield Indians repeat as the Calder Cup champions. Listen to this podcast on all major streaming platforms and wherever you download podcasts. In his first year at the helm, Kevin McDonald and Drew Bannister have the team in the Calder Cup Finals. Watch the podcast on the official Shake, Rattle, and Goal YouTube page at SRG Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Baker and Steve Forney. And this episode number 18 of the Shake, Rattle, and Gold podcast is brought to you by our friends at White Lion Brewing in Tower Square in downtown Springfield and their new location in Amherst. As you know, in Springfield, it's your go-to pregame spot for Thunderbirds game. Uh, We're now also brought to you by our friends at YOLO Healthcare Consulting, bridging the gap for those traversing the healthcare landscape. Alongside Matt Baker, I am Steve Forney. And uh, Matt, first of all, how are you? How you been? What's new? What's going on? Everything well? Doing well. I'm doing well, but a little sore and achy from this little winter storm we had this weekend. Uh, it's rainy here tonight, recording on a Tuesday, but, uh, you know, we're doing well. How about you guys? Not bad. Yep. Same thing. Even tonight, I had to go out and just make sure those drains were cleared because we yep. are going to get some some serious melting and and adult stuff, Yeah. you know, grown up <laughs> homeowner stuff. But, you know, we'll, we'll power through it. Yeah, that's um, it. Kind of like we had to power through the weekend, and and I think we are going to spare uh, our listeners. We do have some other things going on today besides just breaking down what was not a very good weekend. Yeah. Um, but we do also have a new segment that I think we're going to be working into the show on a regular basis. And, Matt, maybe you can tell the people a little bit about what it entails. Yeah. So, you know, we all know how much the Springfield Thunderbirds are. They embody the We Are 413. They are our community. and we want to highlight you in the community. So we are starting a new fan series segment where we will be inviting, um, you know, one friend of the team, uh, an episode and kind of let them share their story, share their perspective on why they love the Thunderbirds, share some stories um, and give you an opportunity to hear different perspectives, different stories. And, and again, we are 413, all of us. Um, and so, you know, Steve and I will be reaching out to some people and, and try to get some people on, uh, you know, feel free to message us um, if you'd like that opportunity. Um, we can't promise we could fit everybody in, um, but there's always next season too, right? So, uh, but that we're excited to bring that to you and, and highlight you, the fan, um, without the fans as we know, you know, the Thunderbirds aren't what they are. I mean, that's in all sports. So um, we're excited about this. And, uh, you know, we'll, we're starting today with that first uh, fan series segment in just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, I've been around the building a long time now, and I've had a lot of conversations with you people like you, like you, you, uh, I've seen the, the faces and I know the people and, um, the dedication, like, like Matt said, the dedication you have to this team in this area and in this industry. And, um, you know, we, we want to really take the opportunity to highlight you guys. And, and we, we are, you know, we're still, we'll still have our regular interviews. Hopefully I have some things kind of cooking for other interviews of, you know, uh, team personnel and things like that. Um, uh, but we do want to make sure that we hear from you and, and, um, you know, we've at this point now we've we've done a couple of these uh, mm-hmm. and wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They are pre-recorded segments because we, yes. <laughs> you know, we're, we're keep ourselves organized. But uh, so far, it's gone off to a really, really good start, and uh, we're really excited to share uh, some of the material that we have for you and uh, voices and names that I think you know. If you're a regular at Springfield Thunderbirds games, they're people that that you know. Whether you like it or not, you know these people pretty well. So. <laughs> I've heard that voice yeah. before. Yeah, so um. We are excited to bring you that. Uh, but uh, in terms of on the ice, it hasn't sort of been the best here for the Thunderbirds. And um, I, I think I, I think one of the biggest questions, and we're going to get into it a little later on in the show as well, is I'm starting to now look at the effect that losing Drew Bannister mm-hmm. has on this team sort of as my opening take. And, and I don't 
I don't know much about Dan Kachuk, and I'm not saying that he's terrible at his job. That's not what I'm saying. But when you have your head coach for as long as you've had Drew Bannister, the success you've had, um, and you have a roster that's been – I mean, I don't think a lot of AHL teams keep a core together like the Thunderbirds have. Mm-hmm. And it was all under Drew Bannister, and now that voice is not there. And yeah. the record since he's gone is – it's kind of striking. I mean, compared mm-hmm. to what we've seen the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, it, it is below 500 record. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of break down a little bit more of the numbers, but I don't, I don't know. I'm a big into the, the philosophy, the mindset of coaching, not so much. It's not always the X's and O's piece of it. I don't, you know, I don't know where the, disconnect is there just seems to be one um you know it they're they're four three and three i'm sorry four four and three since um dan kachuk has taken over against it was the americans game yeah um and you know they've given up the first goal nine times we we've talked about this now for it's been a month um and, and how much energy is needing to be spent just to kind of climb back in, climb back in, claw back in. Um, it, it's, it's not a good trend they have right now. Um, and you know, it, it's, is it fixable? Can it, will it turn around? I have faith it will. Again, this, we can say what we want about some of the, the issues and, and lack of confidence. Maybe the team has right now, there is no lack of grit. There never is, a lack of resilience. I, I will say that. Right. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we're, we have some plans for this show. We'll kind of get into maybe how we would fix it, but things aren't trending necessarily in the right direction. You, the, the two games that you've scored first, you've lost. Um, they've had to climb out of multiple goal deficits six times. Um, and you know, sure. It's great to fight back to get to overtime. You get that point. But again, when you're starting to see that trend and what we're starting to see now is we're not even getting to the point, that one point in overtime, right? They're becoming losses in regulation. So, um, not a good weekend with seeing the penguins on Friday and then the home and home with the Bruins. I do think the middle game was probably their best game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had a two goal lead and it does go into overtime. Uh, um, loss in a shoot in a shootout. Um, you know, I know there's some controversy there about how overtime ended. Um, you know, from where we were sitting in section one and I, Steve, I sent you that video that, that Jill was able to get. Um, you know, he did fly into the post. It clearly came off the moorings before McGing took the shot. Um, you know, I don't know. What's your take on that? Should that be looked at, modified in the rules? Should it have been a penalty shot? It is what it is. What, what's your take on the, how that game ended? Uh, I mean, I so two things. Either it's a penalty shot mm-hmm. or one step further we have the video review and the video review is directly over the goal and so if 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 there's the red there's the red goal line yep if the net is dislodged and the puck is over that it's almost like in tennis if it's over that red goal line and it's below goal height it's a goal Mm -hmm. the goal doesn't dictate whether or not the actual physical goal should not dictate whether or not a goal is scored Sure. It's it's the line, right? When we yeah. replay things and the goalie get his glove over in time and pull the puck back, it, it, that's the line, not the goal. So, sure. you know, this is I know it doesn't happen often, but when a player comes in and intentionally knocks the goal off, yeah, and and a shot goes over that red line underneath what would be the crossbar, that's a goal. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've seen instances where, uh, and for some reason, this has happened a lot recently, but like one time. 
the Thunderbirds net came off and they didn't blow the blow the play dead because the Thunderbirds had the puck in the offensive zone. And then you look and poor Malcolm Subban is like trying to fix the pegs so he can put the goal, the you know, the net back on the moorings so mm-hmm. that he doesn't so that, the, you know, the offense can can stay in the offensive zone. Then we had a situation that where the goal gets knocked off and I forget if it was the Thunderbirds or the opponent, but whoever it was had possession of the puck. In, in the same situation and they blew that play dead because the net was off at the whole other end of the ice. Yeah. So for me, I think that this is an area in the rule book that has not been, it, it's way too gray. It's too generic. There, there, there isn't enough. Um, uh, th- there's just not enough uh, legislature. Again, as somebody who yes. hates legislature, I hate it, yeah. but uh, there's not enough rules set in place for when these events happen. And yeah, you know, why does the goal come off all the time? Safety. Mm-hmm. The guy comes comes flying into that thing, and it is, it is in the ground. You know, it's in the ice, nice and good. Well, that's like running into a steel pole at 100 yeah. miles an hour. That's how people get hurt, right? So you have to make the goal relatively detachable. If that's the case, you need to find a way to avoid these type of situations. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, that was a that was a goal. That was a good yeah. goal over the line under the bar. And those plays can be reviewed on replay. You look at it with that overhead angle. You can clearly see yep. that that puck goes in. If you're yeah. not going to give them the goal, then you give them the penalty shot. Yeah. And I mean, as we saw with the, with the shootout, not like the Thunderbirds are all that good in the penalty shot anyway, I, but I think that was Bolduke. Uh, yes. Who ended up firing it. I, I thought I'll it was take, McGing. I think it was McGing. Okay. E- either way, I'll take that but, guy yeah. taking a penalty shot over what has been a relatively putrid power play. I almost wanted to decline the penalty. Um, yeah, just sure. based on the way the power play has been, that doesn't benefit the team at all when you get a, a five on five goal like that. So yeah, something needs to be done in the rule books about these again, rare and random situations. But I think that that would also stop guys from, I mean, defensemen, I mean, I don't know who the guy was, but he just came flying in and just bashed right into his own goal and knocked it off the pegs. Like that's a problem. It was a hip check. It, it looked to me like it was a clear hip check. And um, there is like, again, there's so much in the rules. And, and you know, if you here, this is how I kind of broke this down. It, it was deemed a um, delay of game, an intentional removing of the net, right? Because he got the penalty. So clearly the refs acknowledged the fact that in their mind's eye, right? And they're from their view, it was a penalty. Um, I agree with you. I like your idea. It's It either is a goal, it's reviewed, and it is a goal, or a penalty shot. Like you said, look, they were 0 for 6 um, against uh, Bussy in, in the shootout. I think in the three shootouts, they've got one goal, I believe. Are they? Oh. So they're one. I think they're like something like one for 12 or, or whatever it was. Um, Ryan Suzuki's got the only shootout goal. Um, Yeah, one for 12 in three shootouts. Um, So there isn't much faith that that would have changed things. And and it's not an excuse like, oh, they would have won if the refs made the right call or, you know. But I agree with you. There needs to be some more black and white sort of one line, you know, under 30 seconds in overtime with the game on the line, this is reviewable. It can be deemed a goal if the, if the officials see that fit, um, you know, something should be done there. And like I said, it was clear. It, it looked to me like it was a hip check and an intentional lifting and the rest saw it that way as well. Cause they gave him the penalty. Right. Um, but you know, like I said, they did have their chance. Subban great in net. I have, he's, he's like a phenomenal. I don't even sweat it watching a shootout when he's in goal. He puts himself in such good position. Um, you know, he got beat. It was, it was a great shot and and he had made five saves. You know, you have to think as a goalie or as a team, you know, you've got to, you've got to put one in the net before you get to your, the other, the opposing team's fifth. I'm not sure what happened to Bolduke on his chance there, um, but he didn't even get a shot off. Um, you know, it looked like the puck just kind of stuck to the ice there. So, um, not a lot happened, a lot to forget about the weekend Sunday's game. You can tell it was the third game of a three and three traveling, but again, no excuse. Providence had the same exact travel schedule as, um, Springfield did. And, you know, 
it, it just this team takes a while to get into gear. Once they get into gear, right. you know, for the second half of the second period and for some of the third period, I thought, all right, you know, actually, yeah, Springfield, you woke up, you're you're in gear and you're playing with them. But again, you're climbing out of, um, you know, multiple goal deficits. It, it Eventually, that sort of lucky well runs dry. I think that's yeah. where we're at. Yeah, I, I mean, Sunday, I, I, I can't even believe I'm saying it, but I, I put the Thunderbirds on. I turned the Patriots off because the Patriots are terrible. And I put the Thunderbirds on, and then real quick, I went back to the Patriots. At least yeah. it was a football game in, in the snow. Like, that's fun. I don't care who's sure. playing. If, if it's snowing sideways in a football game, I'm watching. And I, I I turned the radio on for the Thunderbirds, and I watched the aesthetically pleasing yet still unentertaining football game because it wasn't – it just uh, – I, I couldn't take more of watching what I was watching. It was frustrating. Matt, I was – I was folding clothes in between. Yeah, what? Um, yeah. Oh, I, I had a massive pile of laundry. I was folding too. I, there's something about Sundays watching football folding laundry. That I love. That's it. my um, not that like not that anybody cares about this, but that's sort of like my my husband wife deal. Jill, bring me all the laundry on Sundays. I will fold it. At, I, I can watch football. I can watch hockey. I will yep. fold every article of clothing on a Sunday in my time, and and she's cool with that. And so she just you know. That's sort so of true. our deal. I, I, it's, it's great. It's a good, yep. it's a good deal for everybody. The but, problem sorry, is, is the, well, the problem is over the summer, nothing gets folded because yeah. there's no hockey or football. So <laughs> I, I got no time to, to sit in the basement and fold, but Matt, w- what's more exciting to you, a two minute power play or, sh- or a penalty shot? Shootout aside, shootout aside. I'm not talking shoot. I'm talking in game. Yeah. A four on three or a five on four. Either way. Ah. Uh... You know what? In person, I'd give me a shootout. In person, no, no, no. or a penalty no, no shot. Shootout, a penalty shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In in person, give me a penalty shot. Um, I mean, because I'm reason- I'm there. I'm I'm. Give me. I want it. Score a goal right now. Uh, from the couch watching, I'll take a power play. I I you know let's see what happens. Let's see how you're moving the puck. Uh, the strategy involved. How the defense is playing it. Give me all that. In person, give me a penalty shot. Yeah, I, and I only asked because I think there were two or three opportunities, if not just this weekend, maybe going back to some of the previous games where it was borderline. Guys are coming yeah. down on a breakaway. They get hauled down from behind, and I'm like, that's a penalty shot. And, and yeah. they call interference or slashing or something like that. And and to me, a penalty shot is, is again, take the shootout aside. In the middle of a game, a one-on-one penalty shot is exciting as heck. And yeah they never happen. And I don't understand why. I don't know why a ref says, well, we'll just give them the slash rather than go ahead. One-on-one let's go. You got hauled down. Let's, let's, let's do it. And, you know, uh, again, just going back to that goal dislodging thing, I just think the shootout would be, or the um, penalty shot would be really interesting. I think it'd be interesting Mm -hmm. for the game. You talk about uh, scoring being down in the NHL and the AHL. Here's a good way to do it. And, you know, Zach Bolduc on tired legs or Huma gang on tired legs, having to take a penalty shot against a goalie who just faced a fury of shots. That's interesting. That's entertaining yeah. to me. Um, so I, I, w- I would like to see that somehow incorporated more in, in, you know, more less two minutes in the box and more, if it's borderline lean towards the, the penalty the, shot, the, but yeah, but they never yeah. happen. And I don't know why. Yeah. Um, so we are going to, I think, after we we do our guest interview, we are going to play a little bit of GM. Uh, we do have some other things we want to get to. Nathan Walker uh, signed a two-year, one-way deal, so his time in Springfield is pretty much over. Yeah. Um, but congratulations to him. I'm, I'm happy for any guy who goes up there and gets himself mm-hmm. a, a, a nice contract. Um, but we are going to play a little bit more of the fantasy armchair GM role. Um and just kind of see where this team is at and where we, what we think they can do to kind of shake things up a little bit. Um, but before we do, we want to remind you that the uh, SRG podcast is proudly sponsored by our friends at White Lion Brewing in their new location in Amherst on North Pleasant Street. Of course, right in downtown Springfield at Tower Square at 1500 Main Street. The place to go prior to Springfield Thunderbirds games. Make sure that you park in the Tower Square garage. And then take your parking ticket down to White Lion. They will validate it for you. And while you're there, uh, grab a drink. Uh, grab some of the delicious food that they have there. It's a wonderful space down there. You're, you're guaranteed a good time. And if you do, make sure that you tell them 
that the guys at SRG sent you and by our friends at YOLO Healthcare Consulting. They offer education, training, tutoring, coaching, and mentoring for healthcare professionals and students. Founding owners Yolanda Mero and Lola Rios are doctorate-prepared nurses with over 40 years combined bedside academic and leadership nursing experience. They offer assistance to individuals navigating the healthcare system for long-term care and home care planning needs founded right here in Western Mass. YOLO Healthcare Consulting are the ones to contact to help you bridge the gap if you're traversing the healthcare landscape. You can give them a call at 413-627-0609 or yolo.healthcareconsulting at gmail.com and make sure that you tell our good friends over there that the guys at SRG sent you. Um, so uh, as Matt mentioned earlier, we do have a nice little fan series here. Um, our, our first interview is on the way. It is brought to you by our friends at O'Connell's Irish Pub and Grill. Uh, we're very happy to have O'Connell's on board as well as Patty's Irish Pub. Uh, but O'Connell's at 733 Chickabee Street in Chickabee, easy on and off from uh, 391 with 10 local and craft beers on tap. Nine TVs, nine. A late night menu as well as live weekly music. O'Connell's has just for you, uh, just what you're looking for. Uh, let's send it off to our first fan interview. My name is Al Arment. Uh, we've been season ticket holders now for close to 13 years. Uh, I mean, we, we love the sport. You know, I mean, I, I've been a... Uh, a fan of hockey pretty much my whole life. You know, we started off, my parents actually took, uh, started me with the Springfield Kings back in the late 70s. We ended up meeting a couple of the players back then. So that really kind of drew me into, uh, you know, getting to know the players, being around the sport. I thought it was exciting. Uh, we, I ended up meeting uh, Ted Shore at one game there was one game i think when the springfield civic center first opened ted shore was at one of those games not not junior but actually you know his father ted shore senior and my father had took me over to meet him and you know he was i'm just a little kid probably about maybe 10 11 years old and ted shore's telling me how to you know this is how you got to stand when you're when you're playing hockey and he's, he gets me down in this little this little crouch and he hits me with you know in a shoulder and it pretty much knocked me off my feet. And, uh, well, then Ted said, well, this is how you're supposed to stand. And then I stood how he wanted me to stand. Then he hit me again, and I didn't move. You know, and back then, you know, hockey players are like a god back then. You know, to, to a little kid, hockey sure. players are everything. It, it means a lot to a little kid to be able to interact with, with the players. So... Once that happened, and I met a couple of the other players from the Kings, it was it was it was like it was on from there. I love interacting with some of the with some of the players, but what keeps us coming back really it's the fan interactions. Mm. You know, it, you know it, it's when you're there for so many years, you get to meet different people. You know, you, know, you get to talk to different people. You, you know, you get to hear some of their stories. They hear some of your stories, and you kind of become interested in each other, and it, 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 you know, you kind of become a family, and that's really what the sport's about. You know, we really, I, I got to be honest, it's kind of hard to get people to sit around us because, you know, I really, you know, when it comes to these things, it's just kind of like, you know, it, the, 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 there's only so many, there's so many cowbells people can take, and I've got seven of them, so I got, I, I ring three at a time, and not too many people can take them, but, uh but you know, but but there are families that that have come up there and they're um, they, you know, they they brought their families and it's, it has been their first game and I you know we interact with them we talk with them and uh, you know like I said I have seven cowbells and I you know, if they got a you know a son or a daughter sitting there and they're really into the game I'll hand them my cowbell the ring sure you know, of, you know of course you know, you know the parents are kind of like oh god here we go but <laughs> but it's 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 it's, it's Again, it's a part of getting into the sport, getting into the game, and it, it's how you interact with, with the fans and the team that really makes it fun. You know, so I mean, we we love it. We love it. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. Al, I have to ask, and, and I'm glad you you showed us the cowbell. How did that start? Well, it's uh, one season. I I had um went to. Uh, Oh, I think it was Ocean State job lot, and I said, you know something, I, I, I'm going to buy a little cowbell. So I, I bought one of the one of the cheaper cowbells. It had a little handle on it, and I got up into the stands, and uh, yeah, I, I started ringing it. Well, the only problem with that was probably after the seventh or eighth 
game of the season, I rang the cowbell and, and the striker inside the bell broke and it oh. bounced down the stairs down to the boards. So, uh, yeah, I, I pretty much had to look for another bell. So yeah, we, I ended up buying a bunch of different cowbells and finally I found a place out in Utah that I've been buying them from and they send them out to me replacement strikers in the whole nine yards. That's awesome. The cowbell connoisseur. I like that. Oh yeah. Like oh yeah. Like I said, I got seven of them. We actually went on a road trip one day and, uh, we went to Lehigh Valley. We went to watch the Thunderbirds out of Lehigh Valley. And I tried going into, uh, it's funny because the other, some of the other arenas in Pennsylvania, they don't allow cowbells. Uh, the Maybe only, it's just yours. I would not have allowed enough. Uh, but the, the, the thing was, when we went in there, you know, they, they wouldn't allow any, um, any bags, any cowbells. But when, when we got into the arena, Believe it or not, these these are the things that they were selling, yeah. and it's kind of like I, I I'm sorry I I I can't I can't ring that I'm sorry yeah I, I take it home and scrape the 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 Lehigh Valley emblem off of it. But one of the things that I found, especially between Springfield and Hartford, uh, they use the term the I ninety one rivalry. Well. Uh, you know, you you have your some fans. You know, not all of them. A lot of the fans are really good, but you have some of the fans that take that word like out of context. And uh, you know, you'll have them. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll go to Hartford and they'll start shooting uh, sarcastic remarks at me, and it's kind. Of, I just look at them like, yeah, well, whatever. I'm not going to get into that with you. And you know, you'll have your fans in, and I've done this in Hartford. And uh, you know, you get the fans. They'll they'll start yelling. Let's go Wolf back. And as soon as they finish that, before they can clap, I'm shooting off with the let's go T-Bird. So it's kind of like nonstop, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's funny just because, you know, that's the, the rival. You want to see who's louder. You want to be loud in their building. If you can be loud in their building and your team hears it, that cranks your team up. And that that that, that that's what you want to get into. So, and that's not really a, uh, uh, or, uh, a bad rivalry, but you know that's the kind of rivalry that the fans should have. You know, you, know, you, you want to be able to go back and forth with each other, but you want to keep it fun. Right. Uh, we fun, have fun, a wow. well. Uh, we we actually have a a friend of ours. He's a season ticket holder in Providence. He's a Providence Bruins fan, and um, one night he actually um, sent me an email. And uh, he wanted us to attend one of their games down in Providence, where Providence, I think they were playing uh, Hartford at the time. And we actually had a home game here in Springfield. And uh, I mean, we've never missed a game in Springfield. That's that's we're with Thunderbirds fans. But um, what we ended up finding out was our friend in Hartford. He's a nine-year cancer survivor and he almost died twice and in this particular game he was actually celebrating his eighth anniversary and uh and we thought it would be special to him if, if he's going to ask us to stand by his side while he's celebrating being eight years cancer free where he almost died twice we thought you know something i, I think uh, this is something where we can really skip one home game here i mean you know you know you know don't, don't don't get us wrong. We had our cell phone with AHL TV right there. <laughs> you know, you know, but you know, we're sitting there in the in the Providence, the Providence Arena, sitting with them. And uh, what we did, we was we kind of surprised them. Uh, what we did was, my wife and I, we had um, Providence Bruins T-shirts made up with a special logo on the front. We had the uh, had the ribbon going through the B with his name. And the number eight on the back for coincide with the number of years he was cancer free. Well, what we did was we took those t-shirts and we, we wore them. We had them on, but we took our Thunderbirds jerseys and we put them over the t-shirts. So you really couldn't see the t-shirts. This was a surprise for him. So, I mean, everybody in Providence was really kind of, uh, 
you know, what the heck are you guys doing here now? We don't play you guys till tomorrow. You guys are a little bit early, ain't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, wrong game, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wrong game. But you know, hey, we, we, we wanted to beat the rush. So um, what we did was uh, we, when they put him on the screen as being for being cancer free, you know, they got, you know, three Thunderbirds fans with their jerseys up, up on the screen, standing next to the guy with the Providence Bruins t-shirt with a jersey but what we did at that point that we were up on the screen we actually took our jerseys off mm. showing the providence bruins t-shirt with his name and the number on the back and that that he was you know awesome. he, he, he he didn't even know what to say you know he turned around and he just stared at us like you know really guys you know, and, and and those are the kind of relationships that we try to make in other arenas. You know, it's important to to have. You know, I mean, you got to understand hockey's a family sport. I mean, you know, you're there for your team, whether it's a home team or the away team. You're there to cheer your team on, but you know, all in all, at the end of the game, everybody's a, everybody's a fan of hockey, right? And and that and, and that's the bottom line. Whether you're whether you're, a, you know, the home or away. Everybody likes the sport, and that's what it's all about. We, uh, w- when we first started going uh, to, to the Thunderbirds games, uh, it was a preseason game between Hartford and Springfield. At the time, uh, Dylan McElrath played for Hartford, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't remember who, um, you know, who the who the Thunderbird was that he that he grabbed. But it was a preseason game; really didn't mean anything. But he grabbed the smallest guy we had on the team, and he lit him up. I mean, and you, you, you know Dylan McElrath. Uh, Dylan's, you know, he, he's a bruiser. You know, he, he's gonna he's gonna hurt you if you get into a fight with him. So uh, it's a preseason game. At that time, you could pretty much sit anywhere in the arenas. You know, the seats weren't assigned. So I had went down to the penalty box, and I had said, you know, hey, look, you know, save that stuff for the regular season. You don't need to be doing that now. And he said something rotten. He said something really. It, it, it was over the cup, but it was one of those things that, the you know, if you're going to give it, you better be able to take it. It was, it was one of those types of comments. Mm-hmm. So for the next, uh, uh, the, the, the next, oh God, I don't know how long, for, for the next five or six seasons, every time I was in Hartford or any time he was here, I was, I was down at the penalty box every single time he was here, every single time. And the last time that he was here, believe it or not, I got under his skin pretty good. Then it be, oh, then it funny. became uh, me and Seth Helgeson got into it, and you know it, it's just you know, Nolachari. Oh, Nolachari, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Steve, I, I got a picture. You got a kick out of that one. I got a picture of that one. I said Dylan McElrath when he played for Hartford, he ended up getting traded, and uh, I think he I, I forgot the team that he went, and then the next season after that he got traded again. So this is now only two seasons, Matt. Mm-hmm. He got traded to Springfield. So for all all of those years that I rode him, now uh, now not now I got to be nice to the guy. So um, we were standing outside and we were trying to get autographs, and uh, we we went into the uh, the Thunderbirds office to get our tickets, and we're standing there, and McElrath came in the came in the front door. And I said to my wife, do me a favor, can I, can I get a picture with you? And, you know, Dylan says, yeah, I'm sure. So my wife turns around and takes a picture. But at that time, Dylan didn't know who I was. <laughs> yeah, he thought I was just a fan standing in the office. So he's taking a picture with me, and he's got a really big smile on his face. And it was a great picture. Now, the next night, my wife wanted me to get a um, Hartford Wolfpack mascot autograph for from by Dylan McElrath. So uh, now we uh, were standing by you know, the players' entrance where they come in, and uh, now here comes Dylan. I, I go to hand them the the Hartford Wolfpack mascot to, to autograph, and then he realized who I was, and the reaction was not as friendly as it seemed the <laughs> night before. And the thing is, I, I talked to him afterwards. And when he played for Springfield, I told him, I said, look, it, you know, I hope there's no hard feelings. You know, it's just, just a, I'm just being a fan. As a fan from myself, if, if you can heckle the players and you can get under their skin and you can take them out of their game, they're more worried about the guy up in the stands who's doing the yelling 
than they are on the ice doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is going to make it a little bit easier for your team to, to score. You know, and, and that's pretty much why I do what I do. All right. There goes our friend Al Armand. And, uh, yes, I'm sure anybody that's been to the Thunderbirds uh, games more than once down at the Mass Mutual Center knows that guy, uh, knows that voice pretty well. And if you don't, that's the really loud guy with the cowbell cheering. I, I was just going to say, I, you get got to give me more cowbell. I need more cowbell, baby. I think He's got seven of them. He should just hand them out. Just start <laughs> handing them out. But, um, uh, no, it was it was cool to get his perspective. And I, I know he's um, – you know, he, he, he goes back and forth with visiting players more than anybody I've ever yeah. seen. And it's like impressive. Like he's got like, like, I'm like the freaking stones on this guy. Like it, it, going it's after almost, six foot four, 280 pound Dylan McElrath. Like, holy smokes. Yeah. You know, and then look, I, I'm an, uh, new to the Springfield fan family. Right. And, and you can tell he's he's sort of the old guard there. But, you know, I love it. It's entertaining. And, and you know what? I, I enjoy the fact that, you know, it brings a smile to his face. It brings a smile to other people's face. And that's sort of what we're trying to highlight is, you know, the different perspectives and outlooks of, of different fans. And, you know, I, I love hearing stories from the faithful on, you know, things that have happened in the past, things that they're doing now. And it, it's just great to see. And, and our buddy Al, he's a, he's a fan of the show. Um, great guy. And then I, I enjoy listening to him at the games. He's, he's a good guy. And our fan, our fan segment is brought to you by O'Connell's Irish pub and grill at 733 Chickabee street and Chickabee. Whether you are driving along 391, looking for a bite to eat even later on in the night, uh, feel free to stop by O'Connell's. Full menu has something to satisfy your hunger. Shepherd's pie, flatbread sandwiches, and what's important to me and Matt, mm-hmm. full kids menu. Yeah, uh, You know, we love to go to the pubs, but we'd like a kids menu if you can. So O'Connell's does have that for you parents out there. And if you're looking for a friendly environment uh, at night to grab a drink or two, stop by. Take a look at their 10 local and craft beers on tap. O'Connell's Irish Pub and Grill located at 733 Chickabee Street in Chickabee. Proud sponsor of the SRG podcast. Make sure you tell Blake and our friends behind the bar that the boys at SRG sent you. Boy, it is uh, really nice to, again, we... The, the the community wanting to back us and get involved in what we do here is is uh awesome it's overwhelming yeah. it's humbling i think uh i'm really proud of what we got going on here matt yeah uh, we're happy it's, to have o'connell's great. and patty's on board so absolutely and we'll have more of that for you next week as well so uh so definitely stay tuned for that so matt are we gonna play a little bit of uh a little bit of you know GM head coach here? gm or, sure yeah. why not i mean yeah. i i've never really won anything in real life but my fantasy record if i do say so for myself isn't too bad so uh you know look i'll kind of start here sure i like i said i i i'm a phys ed teacher uh i coach i've coached high school i've coached i coach my kids in their sports i am a big believer in sports psyche um i think when you get to if you look at any level we're all human, right? We're not playing against aliens from another planet with, you know, we're not playing the monsters in NBA jam. <laughs> so at some point when you, especially when you're talking about professionals, yes, there, there are guys who are more talented than others, but I, I just, I do believe sports psyche can make a difference. And, and right now I think the buttons that I would be pressing as a coach is that the the mindset. Um, How can we get started early? There's talent on this team. We know it. We see it in, in spurts, late in games, furious comebacks, you know, unlucky breaks late in the game. We need to figure out a way to get going. We need to figure out a way to, play a full 60 minute game and we saw it against Hartford. So I know it's there. We, we know it's there. We've, we've seen it. It's just right now they're in a spell. And and I think one of the things I would look to do is kind of shake up this goalie rotation a little bit. Um, I think it has been working for the most part. And again, not every goal led in this weekend is on goaltending. I think too often we're letting goaltenders out to dry. Um, but again, I wonder if it is, you know, 
we know goalies do play pucks a little differently and, and some goalies do prefer to see a shot from different angles. And so I, I would be switching up this goalie rotation a little bit and maybe playing Malcolm has been stronger as of late. And again, something has to be done. Something has to be getting this team clicking a little bit. I know that um, big Z is, is a top prospect is a top goalie prospect. I understand all that. I would be looking to see a little bit more of maybe a two to one, three to one kind of goalie share right now for maybe the next few weeks. Um, I also, I think there are some players that can be called up. Um, I know Steve, you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit. You've got in Orlando, you got Mitchell Holscher, Tanner Dickinson. Um, Why not? You know, Colton Ellis is down there. He's lighting it up. He was ECHL goalie of the month for December. But again, I, I don't really see goaltending as a huge, massive problem. Um, no. But, you know, there are players down there. Bring some of these guys up. Jeremy Biakabatuka. Why not? Um, they brought Marc-Andre Gaudet up. I thought he played okay Sunday. Nothing. No huge mistakes. Um, but especially now you've got Nathan Walker, his time in Springfield, like you said, at the top of the show, we're moving on from that. Um, happy to see him reach this level again, happy for his success. So now we need to re-solidify what this top line is going to be up until this point when Walker was pulled up, it was the only line that was consistent for every game of the season. Um, who's now is going to be the line mates with Pekka and Gaudet. Kachuk it has been doing a lot of bottom six shuffling. I would, I, I, I don't know. I, do, I don't think that's working. Um, well, well, I mean, just to just to sort of um, leapfrog on that, and you know, you mentioned the sports mm-hmm. psyche. I, now, now is the time where you you bring up Mitchell Holscher, and not only just bring him up, put him on the top him. line. Sure. See how these other players react. You know, the I think the hard part with this roster is that. They're they're loaded with two types of players, and I'm talking mostly about the the forwards. They are solidified AHL guys, mm-hmm. and then they are top prospects that you know are going to get the ice time. Like you you can't you're not going to bench Leo Luf, um, Zach Dean, Bull Zach Bolduke. You're not going to sure. bench them for a long period of time. Should should they maybe sit for a game or two? Sure. And I think we saw Leo Luf gets get sat for a game over the weekend. Mm-hmm. But what a message it is to that locker room when if you guys are if you guys can't do it, we're gonna we're gonna find somebody else who can. Here's Mitchell Holscher, and where he's gonna play top line. Guess what? We're putting him on the first power play unit. Mm-hmm. And if you think you're better than Mitchell Holscher, then show me. Go out sure. there and score some goals. Um, I think the defense in front of these goalies. Um, I have seen. I love Joey Duzak. I think his offense has been fantastic. If I see another puck go in the net, and, and from a guy directly in front of the net, and there he is not clearing the front of the net. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, ben Carroll. Never heard of Ben Carroll. I don't know anything about Ben Carroll. I don't even know if he's our property. I assume he is. He's down with the Orlando Solar Bears. He's uh, got 20 points in 31 games, 17 assists, all career highs. He's a plus 12. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Mazza. Jimmy Mazza's 6'2", almost 200 pounds. He has 11 points. He's a plus 13, and he has 40 penalty minutes. Right. You want somebody to go out there and clear the front of the net, not let guys just hang out in the crease, got, move people out of your goal crease. Jimmy Mazza, never heard of him. Mm-hmm. But you know what, Callie Rosen, if you're not going to do it, here's a guy who will. Mm-hmm. And and there's too much talent on this back end for them to not be able to defend their own crease, let alone clear pucks when they're supposed to make good breakout passes. I think that from the back end, quite frankly, over the last month has been a hot mess. Yeah. And, and what I see from these guys, I like it was bad. And then you lost Kessel and then you lost Dylan Coughlin to injury. So Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. something's got to give. And, you know, again, I don't know much about Marc-Andre Gaudet either, but the, the statement that would be made to the room of, your your playing time is not guaranteed. We yeah. got guys. 
We have we have ECHL guys that are ready to go. We got Jamison Reese ready to you know, Jamison Reese had a career year last year. And yeah. When he plays, he plays limited minutes on the third and fourth line. Throw him on the top line. Throw him out there with Pekka and Gaudet. See what happens. Yeah. The spot's open. Nathan Walker's not there anymore. So that as far as I'm concerned, that top line spot. I mean, again, Nikita Alexandrov's been down and he's been invisible for three games. Uh, you yep. can't even tell he's out there. So here comes Mitchell Holscher. Here's Jamison Reese. You know, Ryan Suzuki, we don't own him. He's yeah. been mediocre at best. Bench him. Yeah. I, I don't, he, he means nothing to the St. Louis Blues organization. Yeah. And you're not obligated to play him. Send a statement, make a message with other roster guys. Cause I guarantee you, Mitchell Holscher, this, what's his name? Ben Carroll. Jimmy, yeah, Ben Carroll. Yep. Jimmy Maza. These guys get a call up. I guarantee you they're going to play. They're going to give you 150% effort. Yeah. And maybe that rubs off on the other guys. Maybe they come up and they're terrible. Who knows? Probably, maybe, probably, but is it, it's, it's, it's an opportunity to shake things up a little bit and, and wake these guys up a little bit and say, you're too talented. You're more talented than these guys that we're playing right now. Yeah. Show me. Yeah, Show me what you're capable it. of because right now it's just not there. Yeah. It, it's very frustrating. And, and we even have, and, and you know, it's kind of, we have a guy on our roster too, a, a Sam Bitten, who I think needs to be getting more minutes now. He he needs to be. There's a there's a void in this roster of of physicality at times, and he would bring it. And again, I I realize he's not a drafted player. I realize the Blues are not invested in the development of a Sam Bitten. But again, to your point, not that way with Suzuki either. Right. So, or, or Reese. I mean, he talked about Reese, but they're yeah, not messing with him either. But, I, I, but I'm with you. The psyche of it, I think there needs to be a little bit of a shock to the system, a little bit of a jolt, because they are too talented of a team. Um, and we see it in these flashes. You know, if we see it in the third period, I mean, it's look, it's not easy. It, it's not easy. I couldn't go out there and skate for 60 minutes. Um, but if we can see it for 15 minutes in the third period, we can see it for 60 minutes throughout a game. You know, that energy level can be there. Um, and, and all of this, I, I think, too, to take a step back a little bit, even though they were have been 4-4-3, four, four, and three, two of those four wins were massive comebacks that, you know, it took a 10, a goal with 10 seconds left from Pekka. Right. So the good is that, yeah, this team isn't going to quit. We know this, like that's not, this team is not going to quit. They're not going to, to, you know, throw in the towel. They're going to fight, but we've, something has to be done to get these guys going early. And if that is starting these younger guys, these and, and bring up an ECHL guy and, and start him in the first, cause I know he's going to give me full, energy i know he's going to be focused on the first period and i know he's going to get to his assignments you know maybe that's the shock they need and and yeah that's where i'd be looking to make a difference um and, and real know, quick I, have, I know well, we talked about it before the season even started like you're gonna have to make up for the offense that was lost with martin furk and with matthew highmore but we're in january and i haven't once up until now said boy they really miss martin furk Boy, yeah. they really miss Matthew. They're capable of it. Yeah. They're capable of filling that void up and down that roster. Now is the time where they have to have a little bit of, of you know, look themselves in the mirror and figure it out. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. But... No, no, no. I mean, that that's that's it. I mean, mirrors work for a reason. You got to use them. Uh, and, you know, I know down, you know, in the pipeline, you still have prospects like uh, Jimmy Snuggerud, who just had a great um, junior worlds. You've got Dvorsky as well. Um, you know, we've been talking about this through our sort of, you know, um, text thread, but Snugrood still has to finish his collegiate career, you know, whether that be at the end of this season, that's up to him. And I have no idea. Right. Um, I'm not exactly sure how Dvorsky works, but he's up in the OHL right now. I, I mean, they, the blues kind of sent him to, the OH, I don't know why they couldn't send him here, but look for something like that. Something bring somebody in to spark this team. And it's similar to what they did in St. Louis. I know they fired the coach and you know, the first thing 
uh, Drew Bannister kind of said was, look, we need guys who are going to work. If you're not going to work, we'll find somebody who can. They send Verona down. He got his mind right, you know, and we talked, you know, we were a little worried about that, but he, he had his mind right down here in Springfield. He's a good, and now real he's, good soldier. Yep. He, he, and now he's back up and, and good for him. Happy for him. I don't know how things will work out in the future, but we need to say that now here in Springfield. Look guys, we've got the talent. Yeah. It, it has to now translate on the ice and, and I have confidence that it will. Every team goes through this. Um, it's just, it's even on Sunday's game when, that first period was just so bad. And and again, you can't use it as an excuse of travel because the team you're playing against had the same travel schedule. And then you see these spurts throughout the rest of the game. And in the third period, and you're like a little bit of this in the first period, a little bit. Yeah. Right. Ah, And, and again, it, we're not talking one game. I really think this is a, a long trend that has sort of been hidden by late game heroics, 10 seconds left goal without that goal. Now you're, you're, three four and and three right you know right. and that happened twice they you, could, you they, could, they could be they could be two six and three i mean exactly re- re- realistically you're 100 you know. right 100 right and and granted you've got three overtime shootout losses those could be wins too they weren't you know and again where right. you're one in 12 on, right one for 12 on, in the shootouts. you're one for 12 on shootouts so i'm not i, I i'm not bank i have faith in in the goaltending i I don't have faith in, in their ability to score uh, a penalty shot at the moment. Yeah. Um, um, one other thing I wanted to bring up real quick that I noticed in at least Saturday's game, um, obviously being down a coach, I noticed Chris Thorburn on the Bruin, on the um, Thunderbirds bench. Um, obviously long, I think he played over 800 games in the NHL. In fact, I remember him playing for the Atlanta Thrashers. But I think he finished his career with the Blues and, you know, their development coaches between Glenn Wesley, Chris Thorburn, Matt Diagostini, again, all NHLers. Mm -hmm. Um, Thorburn was actually on the bench. And if anybody, it was the guy with the man bun. Um, He's got a pretty sweet little man bun back there. But ironically, I also saw Adam McQuaid on the Providence bench. And of course, Adam McQuaid, Stanley Cup winner with the Bruins, who is also involved in the Bruins development. So I don't know how I've never seen development coaches Mm. on the bench. I like, all the time I've been working the AHL, I've never noticed that. Um, but but here's a new voice and a f- fresh face to maybe get a different perspective of. And I, honestly, the whole time I was watching Chris Thorburn, he was writing. I mean, he had yeah. he was writing stuff down, and he had the clipboard, and he was taking pretty diligent notes. So, you know, maybe that's a move by Tuchuk to say, I you know we're, we're short a guy on the bench. We can't watch everything can we get a developmental coach in here to, to just kind of take another look at what we're looking at? And yeah, I'm glad they went with a guy like Thorburn who again, wasn't this offensive. I mean, he wasn't Wayne Gretzky on the ice, but he's a forward and he can Mm -hmm. look at the power play, the penalty kill special teams and look at different things and and maybe offer a different perspective. So we'll see if, if I get, I don't know how long he's been here. It was, that was sort of the first time I've seen him, but um, maybe just his presence in, in, you know, on the ice of practice, maybe that's yeah. something that can help just change the tide a little bit or change the approach a little bit. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah I don't know. The, the only other thing that I had sort of in my notes um, and again, you know, coach Chuck has been very flexible with his bottom six um, in game in period shuffling, you know, I would, I would look to make a, a move, but keep it consistent. I'm sure that the players are communicated with um, and and they are not caught off guard necessarily, probably like as we are as fans. I, I, have, I believe that. I'm sure they're communicating to the players what to expect, but they seem like a team that's lacking that confidence and that chemistry at the moment. And so, you know, maybe they're trying to find the pieces in real time, but I, I would look to change something up send a little shock to the system, but keep it consistent. Whatever that shock is, if that, if that makes that all any sense. Yeah. Right. But look, these are our four lines. This is what you're going out with barring some sort of injury or some, something catastrophic. This is it. And, and boys figure it out and, and, and make it work, make it happen. I mean, um, just look at like, or let's look back at what worked at the beginning of the season. Like we're to the point now, you know, you had your, you had your double McLaughy line. How many yeah. weeks ago was that? 
Yeah. And and has has McEachern McGing Laffey been on the same line since? And have have you have any of those guys really given you anything? I mean, McGing yeah. had a couple of points over the weekend, but there's been no consistency from any three of those. Then it yeah. was the then it was the double McBitten line. Yeah. Again, I haven't seen nearly enough from those players. So maybe you you know, you 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 have Alexandrov sent down and now you have Ryan Suzuki and you have all these other guys, but maybe it's time to go back to look at what was working at the beginning of the season. And I, again, I know the first, whatever, 10 games was just Adam Gaudet going bananas. Yeah. But yeah. Like, maybe it's time to look at what happened over the first, whatever month and a half of the season that went well and try to bring that back and try to yeah. bring that to fruition. Cause again, McGing, McEachern, Laffey, Will Bitten, I think his had some been really unlucky, but his numbers are down. Um, you know, those are the guys that you really need to get going. And if those guys get going, then the Bulldukes and the Deans and the Drew Callens and the Abramovs, I think they'll all come along, but they're not going to go anywhere unless you have – it can't just be Pekka and Godet and Alexandrov. It has to be across sure. the board, and it's those sort of second and third line guys that really need to kick it up. Yeah. And that, maybe that's it's, a great maybe it's, point. Maybe it's consistency, like you said. Yeah. You know? And that's a great point. And, and, you know, I remember highlighting the the energy level of – that McGing, McEachern, Laffey line. You know, it was it was sprawling for the puck in the neutral zone. It was gaining control. It was the back check. It was the four, like it was the hustle that at the beginning of the season, it was all the points were coming from the top line, Pekka, Walker, Gaudet. And but it was the second line that was adding that little spark of energy. And, and you're right, that that's sort of what you're missing. Where is that energy level? Where is that, you know, and, and those high energy guys like a Will Bitten, I know, you know, is he playing on a fourth line to help develop Dean or, or whatever the case may be? Look, he's let's put him on the put him back on the second line, give him top six minutes and and let these energy guys McGing Bitten, let them play. And, you know, I don't know. I Consistency in the lines, consistency in the play. That's we've been talking about this now. It, it's not a good trend for about a it's month. It's been three weeks. We've been using the word consistency. It's been, yeah. it's yeah. been the most used word I think here on the podcast. Um, well, we do have three opportunities uh, for this mm -hmm. to happen. And of course, where the day record is different than the day the episode drops. So we'll say tonight, Wednesday yep. night, seven o'clock at Bridgeport, uh, a get right game. I mean, I know these got to be been back and forth and they took it to you last game. Now it's time to go in there and and not to, uh, I guess, go off. One of the things I wanted to mention seven game homestand. Maybe it's time to get out of the mass mutual center. Yeah. Maybe it's time to go on the road, go to a different building. Again, these fans are passionate, but here in Springfield, but yeah, there, there was some boo birds and the penalty kill. Go The, the power play goes sat bad there were some boo birds out there maybe they just need to be in a different locker room have a different routine of going to the game every night um maybe a, a couple of games away from the mass mutual center would do them well and that'll start tonight yeah. in bridgeport absolutely uh follow that with the friday game uh at syracuse uh this is a tough one i don't know much about syracuse but i know they are in second place in their division 40 points so uh expect a a, a good battle there um and then they end their three games on Monday back in the Thunderdome. I'm really excited for this game. You going um, to this talk. one? We will be there. Nice. Um, this is the kids takeover game. I've talked about, I've highlighted the kids club. This is a wonderful thing that the Springfield Thunderbirds front office puts on. Uh, Keith Allen does a great job kind of overseeing all this, but um, all the kids in the kids club get, uh, um, they sign up for a job. Uh, and then they get picked to help out Steve, help out Kevin Johnson, help with ticket takers, the Famboni, the Get Loud crew. Um, so that is Monday, three o'clock. It's a matinee game, Martin Luther King Day game uh, at the Thunderdome. And I believe it's followed by the uh, team autograph session. Yes. The team kind of not so much like a meet and greet with the season ticket holders, but just an autograph signing session um, that will be after the game. Yeah, um, and you so, better yeah, win. You will... better win that one. Win that one for the kids, boys. Yeah, win that one for the kids. Crying yeah. out loud. So and, and us. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Seriously. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I think I know at least uh, 
the next door neighbor might be in the booth with me for a period or two. So that's exciting. I, I, I know my, my kids signed up to be with you. So we'll see. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, you guys can all come. I love your kid, your boys, the neighbor's kids, bring them all. Yeah. And we'll fill up that box and everybody can take a turn on the mic. There you um, go. So that's exciting. Um, and as always a big thank you to our friends at white lion brewing. You can check out their new location in Amherst. And of course, in tower square in downtown Springfield, your place to go. Uh, before any Thunderbirds games and our friends at YOLO Healthcare Consulting, bridging the gap for those traversing the healthcare landscape. You can uh, reach, out, reach out to them at 413-627-0609 or yolo.healthcareconsulting at gmail.com. Um, well, I, a productive episode, I think. Maybe there was a yep. little bit of venting, Matt, but a, I think a productive episode. And hopefully that when we do this <laughs> Monday, we're going to go Monday after the game. Uh, maybe Tuesday, maybe Tuesday. Okay, yeah, whatever Monday you might do. be late. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll whatever see. you want to do, we'll but um, we'll uh, we'll be sure to have that episode ready for you on uh, next Wednesday. And uh, appreciate everybody listening, subscribing, yep. sharing. Thank you for all that you do for us here, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you for listening, for liking. Thank you, Al Arment, for being our uh, guest this week on our first fan series. And as always, maybe now more than ever, let's go, T-Birds.